This is Tyler O'Neill, and this is the Daily Signal podcast interview for Thursday, June 1st, the beginning of Fidelity Month, the response to Pride Month. So I sat down at the National Religious Broadcasters Conference with Emily Carpenter. She actually is a photographer in New York who fears that the government will shut down her business and prevent her from speaking because she only wants to take pictures of weddings that she considers to be real weddings. As a Christian, she views marriages between one man and one woman. And so she's actually challenging a New York law that might put her in jail because of her convictions on this issue. So I sat down with Emily Carpenter and Alliance Defending Freedom attorney Kelly Fiodorek, and we discussed Emily's case and, you know, the 303 creative case that's currently before the Supreme Court. They've already heard it. Uh, we're awaiting a decision any day now. And I think our, our conversation is particularly notable. There was one part I want you to listen for where I asked Emily what her beliefs are when it comes to marriage, and she couldn't respond because she's so terrified that New York will crack down on her speech. Let's take a listen right after this. Conservative women are problematic women. Why? Because we don't adhere to the agenda of the radical left. Every Thursday morning on the Problematic Women podcast, Kristen Eikammer, Lauren Evans, and me, Virginia Allen, are joined by other conservative women to break down the big issues and news you care about. Whether you're interested in hot takes and conversations on pop culture or what Congress is up to, Problematic Women has you covered. We sort through the news to keep you up to date on the issues that are of particular interest to conservative-leaning, that is, problematic women. Find Problematic Women wherever you like to listen to podcasts and follow the show on Instagram. This is Tyler O'Neill. I'm managing editor at The Daily Signal. I'm joined by Emily Carpenter and her attorney, Kelly Fedorik with Alliance Defending Freedom. Emily, you are uh, in the middle of a very important court battle against a New York bill that would put you in danger of jail time for speaking out about your faith. Um, first off, thank you for joining me. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. And can you share a little bit about your personal story, what encourages you to uh, photograph weddings, and this horrific threat we've seen from New York? Sure. Um, ultimately, I'm moving forward with this because I want to see all artists be free to choose the messages that they promote. Um, ultimately, this is a free speech issue, which is why I'm so passionate about moving forward with it. I've been doing wedding photography now for about 10 years. It is my greatest passion. I absolutely love it. It's what pulls me out of bed sometimes at five in the morning <laughs> or earlier if I do a sunrise shoot. Um, and I really love it. And ultimately, in moving forward with this, we are wanting to see the government respect my beliefs about marriage. I'd love to be able to operate my business in line with my religious convictions without the threat of government punishment, which, like you said, is very steep and severe threats and punishment. Um, 
$100,000 fines, losing my business, jail time, really scary, scary things. Um, and ultimately, these are things that should be protected by the Constitution. The First Amendment ensures that my speech as a creative professional, as an artist, should be protected. And there are those who argue that in cases like yours, in cases like Jack Phillips, that what you're doing is essentially discrimination against people who identify a certain way. How do you respond to that kind of claim? Well, I serve all people, and I think the fundamental difference with that idea is that this isn't about the person, it's about the message. And we are arguing that somebody should be free to choose the messages that they promote. I don't want to be censored by the government. This is my speech. This is my artwork. And I want to be able to create freely. And it's honestly so much broader than me because I would want the same freedom extended to even those who differ from me. So ultimately, because we live in such a diverse society, freedom is a two-way street. I want freedom for those even who disagree with me. This is extended to all artists of all walks of life. And what is the status of your case right now? So we argued Emily's case last fall at the Second Circuit, the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Second Circuit, and they said they're going to put the case on hold pending what the U.S. Supreme Court decides in Lori Smith's case, 303 Creative. So we should be getting a decision from the court really any, any time now, between now and the end of June, and we're hopeful the Supreme Court will affirm that, that artists, that all Americans have the freedom to, to speak freely, they can say what they believe without fear of government punishment, and we're hopeful this broad ruling will also then help Emily in her case so that in New York, New York will also be required to respect her freedom of speech. Are there any other messages that you're afraid that this law or similar laws would force you to um, to convey against your convictions? Certainly. There's loads of things that I would or would not want to portray. Um, and again, when I'm accepting certain clients, it's not based on who they are or how they identify it. It's strictly based off the message. In the same way, I wouldn't want to convey certain messages about marriage. I also would not want to endorse racism or condone violence. There's many, many things. Ultimately, my faith is the lens through which I view my artwork and how I choose to accept different projects. Uh, so I really am surveying and assessing each client based on my religious convictions and the message that it's condoning. And what are your religious convictions regarding marriage? I mean, I'm st sitting next to you. Uh, you're al along with your second child. Congratulations. Um, and, you know, I imagine it's very personal to you, but also what are the religious uh, implications of marriage? So... New York's law is actually so severe, I think I need to pass this over to my attorney, Kelly, because it actually dictates what I am and I'm not able to publicly say, which is part of the scare in this law. Wow. It is a, a very a very extreme law that does compel her speech, but also prevents her from speaking freely when it comes to what her beliefs are. But her beliefs are, are to create consistent with her faith, and her faith teaches that, that marriage is a special relationship. It's, it's God's design for marriage is between a husband and a wife, and that's a very sacred union, a very sacred relationship. And so when she tells love stories, she wants to tell love stories that are consistent with what her faith teaches her is marriage. And as she mentioned, she serves everyone. 
she has clients and photographs clients that identify as LGBT, but there's some messages, and marriage is one of them, that she, she can only create photographs and, and talk about that and promote it and celebrate marriage that goes consistent with what her, her faith teaches her is such a sacred union. Yeah, no, that stands to reason. And I know many Christians and referencing the Bible that marriage is often viewed as a symbol of the union between Christ and the church. And that this isn't just, you know, people like to think of this as a political issue, but I think there's something really theological behind it. Absolutely, and I think that's certainly very true for Emily. Emily's, you know, been married now. She celebrated her fourth anniversary with her her husband John, and and she and Jack, our, our client Jack Phillips, our client Lori Smith, they all see marriage as that sacred union, and it does. It reflects the union between Christ and His Church, and that's something that's that's beautiful, that's sacred, and that they want to be able to be free from government punishment to promote messages and custom artwork that's consistent with that that belief. Well, is there anything else about your case that I don't think we've touched on? You know, those those fines that New York is would impose, would those be like a case by case or like recurring or? It would be the the, the fines and the, the censorship and the possible jail time is is per violation of the law. So it could get steep very quickly if you're able to find someone. $100,000 every time you believe that they violate the law. So there's really a lot writing on this, and, and it doesn't have to be this way. New York does not need to be forcing and misusing its law to censor Emily's speech. It should allow her to create freely, and many states are able to enforce their public accommodation laws, ensure everyone has access to essential goods and services, and still respect the First Amendment. So it doesn't need to, to do this, uh, especially for someone like Emily who does serve everyone. There's just certain messages that she can't promote, and that's true for any artist, whether you agree with Emily's beliefs about marriage or have other beliefs. All of us as Americans should be free to say what we believe without fear of government punishment. And I've heard some very personal stories. Baronelle Stutzman speaks about a man she's, she'd love to have she'd served multiple times, giving him flowers that he would give to his uh, same-sex partner. Are there any personal relationships or like stories that you've worked with people that would that might request this message you could not serve but you're glad to serve and have great experiences serving in other ways absolutely yeah i have many friends and family members who identify as gay or within the lgbt community um and i'm happy to work with any it's just certain messages that i'm not wanting to promote and that does make it a very delicate situation to navigate because you are wanting to live out your faith and be true to the values you hold while also still respecting people who land on the other side of the aisle as you on whatever the issue may be and I think that's really what's at stake here is wanting to have respect and tolerance be upheld and be the priority even with somebody who disagrees with you and that's really the beauty I think of living in a free and diverse society is being able to coexist with people and still have a flourishing uh, marketplace even when you disagree with other people so really whether you identify as religious or non-religious I think there's something beautiful to be said about respecting the other person and that's what we're wanting to see the government do in my instance to respect my beliefs about marriage so that I can operate my business in line with my religious convictions, not 
with the fear of censorship or government punishment, ultimately that I can choose the messages that I want to promote. Well, that's a very important stance and important message to get out there. Um, is there anything else you guys would like to add? I will just say that the free speech is for everyone and it's essential to a peaceful and to a pluralistic society like Emily just mentioned. And all of us in America, we should really care what's happening in these cases in 303 Creative and in Emily Carpenter's case because at stake is the freedom of all of us and the future of whether America will remain a nation where we can have civil discourse, we can have civil di dialogue, we can respect one another and disagree with, with that tolerance, with that re respect for for everyone and ultimately a, a win in Emily's case would truly be a win for all Americans. And many have suggested that Alliance Defending Freedom is a powerful organization that you know cr conservative Christians have appear to have power in our country um, and therefore people on the left suggest that cases like yours they like to frame it as you know, conservatives wielding power over other people. In this, it seems to be the exact opposite to me. I'm looking across from you. How would your business, I mean, would you have to close your business if you face these fines? Is, you know, how, what would happen here? Yeah, you're in a pretty vulnerable position. I mean, not only are you up against those steep fines, but it's also my reputation that's on the line. I am a wife, I'm a mom of two little kids, um, and you are in a very vulnerable position. I can remember even when I was delivering my son, my phone was getting blown up with ongoing media and PR, and it's you're, you feel very exposed when your name is being all over, you know, the online web um, but because even though it comes at a human cost this is such an important thing because it extends beyond myself this is something that all creative professionals um, should have confidence that their speech is protected that they can create messages that are consistent with their core beliefs because ultimately that's all I am wanting I am wanting to have the freedom to choose these messages um, it's again it's not about the person and I, I serve everybody it's just certain messages that I'm not at liberty to create because of my religious convictions. Well, thank you so much, Emily and Kelly. Where can people follow you um, and support the important legal work? Well, you can learn more about Emily's case if you go to adflegal.org. We have information about Emily Carpenter and some of the other clients, courageous clients, who are standing up for free speech for, for everybody. And where can we find your your website and where you do your photography? Yeah, my website is Emily Carpenter, and my name is with two E's, not a Y, E-M-I-L-E-E, -E -E, carpenter.com. That'll do it for today's podcast interview episode. You can join right here in this same podcast feed for our top news of the day where we bring you the top headlines at 5 p.m. this afternoon. Make sure you have a, a great Thursday. And if you appreciate anything that you've heard with us, please leave a five-star rating and review. We read all of your feedback, and it helps us reach as many listeners as possible. Again, this is Tyler O'Neill, and we look forward to having you here at the Daily Signal podcast for our top news edition.
The Daily Signal podcast is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. Executive producers are Rob Bluey and Kate Trinko. Producers are Virginia Allen and Samantha Asheris. Sound designed by Lauren Evans, Mark Guiney, and John Pop. To learn more, please visit DailySignal.com.